Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and on behalf of my co-host Chrissy Dunham and myself, let me just say thank you for joining us today. The Wonder Podcast is for you, whether you're a man, a woman, young, older, married, single. Our mission is to encourage you and get you focused back on the wonders of our great God. Psalm 136 says, to him who alone does great wonders, and to him alone do we dedicate this episode and every episode. So whether you're in the car or on your way to work, at home watching a little one, washing dishes or binge listening on a road trip, which we've heard many of you do, we say thank you. And we pray you enjoy this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. I am here with my co-minister, my good friend, Lisa Clark, and we're here with another episode under podcast. And Lisa posted something on our Instagram that I was not even aware of. I don't know if you guys read it. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you need to. It's called The Wonder Podcast, three words, all connected. And Lisa posted on Monday, are y'all ready for this? Like we need a drum roll. We are getting ready to hit our 100th podcast episode. That is a party. So Lisa is asking for suggestions and subjects and topics. So we need to hear from y'all because that 100th episode is going to be a big deal. When will that be, Lisa? (laughs) Well, that will be um, soon. Like I think this one is 98. If I, if my numbers are correct, so I think this episode today is 98, and then we will do 99, and then boom, 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 we are at 100. That went by really fast, Chrissy. Wow, that is crazy, y'all. I know. 100 episodes. Yeah. Wow. So we are excited, and uh, we are looking for suggestions. So if you're listening today, and you have a suggestion on what we could do to celebrate that 100th episode, please let us know. Send us a DM or a text or an email or even on Facebook or Instagram through our Wonder Podcast Instagram or Facebook page and let us know what you think would be fun. I've got some ideas, Chrissy, but you know, let's see if the listeners have anything better. And if not, then we will just go forward with kind of some of of my ideas. But this was Tammy Munson's idea to make a big to-do out of it. That Tammy is our producer right now, and she's doing a great job for us. We're so thankful that God brought her to us. And Amen. Yeah, Amen. we're able to keep up uh, with our podcasting. And um, Mark Friedman is improving slowly, but he is improving, improving, and we're so thankful and grateful for that. Please keep praying for Mark. He is not out of the woods yet, but God has done a a big work in healing, and we are just praying for complete healing, aren't we? That's right. We're believing that God is going to heal him completely. It's going to be a little bit of a journey, and we're all on it together, so please pray for him. And um, Mark, we are praying for you and fighting for you, and we know you're fighting too. So this is what we're going to be doing for the next probably five weeks. We are going to take a journey through the book of Philippians. Philippians is a book of joy. It's one of my most favorite books. A lot of the scriptures that you have hidden in your heart that you may not even know are there. 
you're going to hear as we walk through Philippians. A lot of famous verses are in there. A lot of great stories. Paul wrote this while he was in prison. Y'all hear that? He was in prison and the book is just filled with joy. What else do you want to say about it, Lisa? Well, one word I would use to describe the book of Philippians would be encouragement. And that is something that I think we all need right now is a little encouragement. And we know having studied God's word for many years, Chrissy, that wisdom comes from the scripture. Wisdom comes from the Lord. We must look to God's word for wisdom and understanding and truth. And so if we're wanting to be encouraged, so many times we're looking for a friend to encourage us or a new dress or five pounds lost on the scale, or we're looking for hope and encouragement by those things. Well, those things are so temporal. And so when we are looking at God's word and we are seeing Paul, as you already mentioned, in chains, in bondage, writing this letter of thanks and thanksgiving and joy and encouragement to the church at Philippi, it should encourage us as believers. And, and this is something I hope we focus in and on a lot as we journey through the book of Philippians. Our one chief aim, our true chief aim as believers in Jesus Christ is to bring glory to God our Father, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Everything else should filter down from that. But I think what's happened is we're a little upside down in our thinking as, as a people, and we're looking to the world, we're looking to each other, we're looking to the elections, we're looking to wellness, all of these things for our joy and our happiness right now. And it's just going to leave us dry and yearning for something more every single time. And so I think it, it, as we read through the book of Philippians over the next few weeks, we're going to be encouraged at Paul who was in his last days and was trying to encourage someone else. And I, I can think back in my life just in, in times when I've been trying to encourage someone. We've already talked about Uganda a lot, but we went there to encourage the women and we left there. Our hearts were full and encouraged. Absolutely. So this is what Paul was doing. He was saying, don't focus on me and my problems right now. Let me encourage you. And he does that in such a beautiful way. It's just an incredible book. I'm with you. It's one of my favorites. Yes. This book is also about unity. He was very concerned because the church at Philippi was divided. It was a Christian believing community and it had become divided and it was full of Gentiles, you know, new believers. And if you can imagine, and I thought about putting myself in this situation, this is all new. This whole church thing was new. They set it up. He came through, set it up, gave them some guidelines. And just like us, if we don't have a leader leading us and showing us the way, uh, we sometimes fall apart. And so they have become divided on many issues. Number one, they're sinful people. Number two, they're new at this. And Paul was writing them from prison. And he was, a commentary I read said he was actually writing them a thank you for a gift that they had sent him in prison. And he was trying to tell them of his circumstance but he had also heard that they were divided on several things. And Paul 
just wanted the overall theme of Philippians is he just wanted Christ to be glorified. He wanted Christ to be glorified in all that he did and all that the church did, all that the, the people at Philippi did. So he was focused, no matter what, I'm going to glorify the Lord. And as we go through these chapters, you're going to see that he was joyful and his job was to glorify Christ. And that was it. That was his end goal. So I love that about him. But yet he was concerned about the community. And for me, community is a huge, huge thing in my life. I have to have community. We all do. We are built for community. So you may have felt that as we walk through this pandemic, this coronavirus, COVID, all the words that are out there, you may have felt isolated and away from your community. People are just now starting to get back into their churches. Some churches, you still have to reserve a seat. Others are wide open. Some haven't even opened yet. So there's all kinds of circumstances out there. And I, I get nervous for people because they become so isolated, they forget to be a part of a community. And we have to have community. God built us for that. And when you think about the first church in Acts, you know, Jesus left them instructions. You go, you tell, you baptize, and you make disciples. So that's what Paul had gone around. To do. He was starting that. He was building, setting up these churches and getting the people started. Then he'd go to the next spot. And, you know, he was rambunctious and he was, he was glorifying Christ wherever he went. So that's why he was in prison because he had been going about doing that. So I say all that to say, if you're listening and you feel isolated and you feel down and sad and all those things, you need community. You need to get back in your church. If you don't have a church, you need to go find one. My goodness, we've watched churches online for the last few months. So you've had the opportunity to listen to churches all in your area. Go find one that resonated with you and get plugged in because your heart and your mind your soul, it needs community. It needs community. So let's get out of our isolation and get out from behind this COVID and go find a place to connect. And I think that's what Paul was so concerned about with them is anytime there's, you know, they're not united, it causes people to isolate and pick sides. And, you know, we've kind of seen that happen in our world. You know, we see it in the politics and the Supreme Court person that we're trying to get through and all, it's everywhere. We yeah. are a divided nation right now. And that's what Paul's church in Philippi uh, was experiencing and why he wrote this letter to them. They were, and you hit the nail right on the head, Chrissy, because talking about community, I read a quote recently that says, happiness comes from happening, happenings, joy comes from relationships. And if you're not in relationship, especially with God, God number one, but others, how do you have joy? And I remember the little acronym that my girls learned at camp. Joy is Jesus first, others second, yourself third. So let's take it back to how this community began. And you already mentioned Acts, but let's go back to Acts chapter 16. And lo and behold, guess what came up on my Facebook memories today? But our trip, our I mean, I cannot make this stuff up today. As we start Philippians, guess what came up on my Facebook memories? Our trip to Greece, in particular, our baptism day. 
and Aww. Philippi. That is just so, so bizarre to me. How funny. And if you don't know, Christy and I were baptized together where Lydia was baptized. So let's look at it real quick. So chapter 16 of Acts talks and tells us everything about this first missionary journey of Paul. And it took him uh, to the, the city of Philippi. And I'm not going to go through all of the scripture here, but he's on his journey. And, and the Holy Spirit says, you cannot go into Asia in verse six. And so Paul was very in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so because he was not allowed to go into Asia per the Holy Spirit, he ended up in the area um, of Philippi. And we know that Paul and his followers, when they would come to a town to bring the gospel and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that they would immediately go to the temple. But if there weren't enough people there at the temple, typically he would just go where the people were. And so he went down toward the river there and there was a woman named Lydia and she was listening in verse 14. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. And so therein is the beginning of the church. There, uh, the beginning of the Gentile church, basically. Uh, that is how it all started. And uh, so this church was very dear to Paul. That was a great day for us, Chrissy, wasn't it? As we oh um, were there. What a memory. Yeah. What a memory. It was the most precious day. And um, we, we got dunked. We didn't just get sprinkled. We got dunked. And how precious to know that a woman by the name of Lydia was found faithful there. And I think that's why Paul was disappointed was the people hadn't been faithful to the things that he had left to them. So Philippi uh, was actually, I'm going to read to you uh, what my Bible says, because I thought this was so interesting at the introduction of Philippians. It said that Philippi was an ancient city and it had military significance. Uh, Philippi was the capital of the Greek Empire in uh, 332 BC. And after the Roman conquest of Greece, Julius Caesar's death in 44 BC, Philippi was declared a Roman colony. And the people of Philippi were knowledgeable with history and social structure. So Paul, during this chapter, during these chapters, he's going to use a lot of military and political metaphors to communicate with them. They were an educated people. And he wrote this, as I said earlier, as a thank you to the church for a gift that they had sent to him. And they had told him, here's what's going down. We need some guidance here. And so when we break this book down, there are really four categories that he wrote to them, four topics that we're going to cover as we go through this for the next few weeks. It was all a message of unity. He's going to talk to them about freedom from legalism. You know, there's Jews and they were very legalistic. And then there were these Gentiles that were trying to learn what was going on. He's going to talk to them about salvation. What does salvation mean? What does that really, really mean? He's going to talk about stewardship. 
And then the last thing he's going to talk about is the imitation of Christ and the word humility. Humility is going to be a huge, huge subject when we approach one of the chapters. And I've learned from my life that when I am functioning in humility, I am the closest to God. When I am not focused on me, but I'm focused on others and this natural humility and being humble brings me closest to God. So his overall arching thing, if you think about Paul, you know, one of the, his famous verses is to live is Christ and to die is gain. He put it all out there. He didn't care if I live and I live in Christ, my life is good. But if I die, it's gain. That's what I'm, that's what I'm working for. That's what I'm here for. And he is focused on one thing. And that one thing is to glorify God. And that's it. And he was a humble, humble servant that we're going to learn about. He was, and he had the perfect example, didn't he? His savior, Jesus Christ, who was uh, just a beautiful, a beautiful picture of what that looks like to be, to have humility and to give everything there was, uh, as we talk about the start of this church at Philippi, this church that Paul loved so much, two main things come out of it is the story of Lydia and her being baptized in her whole household. But then he and Silas, who he, it was his co-laborer in the gospel, were imprisoned there. And of course, they were imprisoned for sharing the gospel and, oh, and also healing the girl that was possessed. Yes. So the slave girl that was possessed. But while they're there, they're, and we know this is such a powerful moment, but in verse 23, but they were, so they were in jail and, um, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Of course, suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And so the the jailer was basically coming in to say, I'm going to have to kill myself now because y'all are going to all, y'all are all leaving and and I won't be able to do this anymore. But Paul said, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and in trembling before Paul and Silas brought, he brought them out and said, what must I do to be saved? So that moment of being imprisoned there in Philippi and the church beginning uh, Paul is able to lead this jailer to Christ in the midst of, you nailed it, Chrissy, humility. Humility before the Lord, not looking out for his own self. His own self, me and you included, Chrissy, would be like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't want to be right. imprisoned anymore. But within humility, because he was in, he was in bondage to Jesus Christ. He was a slave to Jesus Christ. He, you can't free him. Chains don't free him because he's already enslaved to Jesus Christ. And so, but through that humility, he was able to see that the, the jailer uh, accepted Christ. And it's really such a beautiful story. You know, there's so much about this as we set this up during this episode. Um, all of the integral facts are so interesting to me, having been there already, to been to Greece and seen so many of these things. But one of the things that I think is interesting is that this, this city, Philippi, was named after Philip II of Macedon. He was the father of Alexander the Great. Well, have you remember, Chrissy, when we were in Greece, our tour guide, David, kept saying Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great. Well, I'm not a history person. I don't know. 
I never heard of him before. I'm sure I did, but I didn't really remember anything about Alexander the Great. But here's what I do know and what I've learned. You know those 400 years between the Old Testament and when the New Testament is written? And we know that God does not speak, nor did a prophet speak during those times. It was those silent years. Well, I've often wondered why those 400 years? Well, this is what I learned, and, and, and I think it's so interesting, is that one of the things that happened during those 400 years is that Alexander the Great was out conquering everybody. Well, as he was conquering, the Greek language was being taught all through the place, right? Yes. And so, And the, also at this time, the Romans were building roads. And so you've got roads being built, check. You've got language happening, check. And then also it became a time of peace. Even though the Jews in Israel was under Roman rule, it was still a peaceful time. So it was a perfect storm, should we say, of a time when the Messiah were to come during a peaceful moment, but that the gospel it was going to be very, the gospel was going to be able to go forth because there would be roads to travel on. There was a language that would be um, understood. So Alexander the Great played a really cool role in that. And his father was the guy that they named Philippi after. Interesting facts there. Yes. Yes, I love that. I love how history for people, if you have a friend or you have someone in your family that doesn't believe in Jesus Christ and they always want facts, these are the kind of facts you need to tell them because you cannot argue history because history was real. It really happened. And I know in our church right now, in our life groups, we're going through the book of Matthew and when I studied about Matthew and read about, you know, these 400 years that you're speaking of, and it taught us all those things you just said. And I was reminded that people can't argue history. History really happened. And of course, we know Jesus really happened and Jesus is the king. And that's why it's so frustrating to think that our Jewish friends, there are many that still don't believe. Because there are facts, there are facts of history and there are facts of the word of God and it all fits together so beautifully. And that was God's plan that over those silent years that people thought nothing was happening, they didn't hear from a prophet, they didn't hear from anybody that all this was being built and the Romans were helping spread the gospel and they didn't even know about it, which is so beautiful and so like God. And then along comes Paul, and he is just an amazing soldier for the Lord and filled with joy and humility and all the things we're going to learn about him. He served our God faithfully. And to think that he was in prison most of his ministry, uh, or he was being beaten, or he was being uh spit up on. I mean, there are so many things. He went shipwrecked. I mean, the guy experienced everything. And most of the New Testament is written by him. And he's always filled with joy and humility. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from that. Such a humble servant, such a humble servant. And you mentioned shipwrecks and all the things he, he went through. So we know that Paul took three missionary journeys. And we know that the church there at Philippi was part of that first missionary journey. 
And then we know his third, and then we know he went one more time, and we know his third missionary journey ended up in Jerusalem, and that's when he came back, guns a-blazing, and um, trying, because remember, Paul was not only Jewish, but he was a Roman citizen, so he was the best of both worlds at that time, and so we know that the Jews started to attack him and that they were not thrilled with him coming back at the temple and, and, and proclaiming the gospel and, and all of that. So he was basically imprisoned there in Jerusalem and nothing ever came of that. So he was like, just take me back to Rome. Let me have a fair trial. That's how he ends up in Rome. And it's during that trip back to Rome where the shipwreck happens and all that kind of thing. We know that when he gets to Rome, He's there, I think, under house arrest. He's, he's not in a conventional type jail situation. He's under house arrest, so he's in right. bondage or, you know, shackled to a guard. And don't you know that whoever was the guard of the day knew Jesus? Because how can you not be born again after listening to Paul 24-7 and being a part of that? So these letters were written during that time. And, and we think that the book of Philippians was several different letters that had been come together as he was writing these letters. And we'll talk about um, Epaphroditus when we um, dive in in a, in a week or two. We'll talk about um, all the things, the categories that you talked about, Chrissy. But we know that Paul probably died in prison around the year 68. And so this was you know, one of those letters that he wrote, I think he also wrote Ephesians and Colossians and then Philemon while he was there in, um, if my memory serves me correctly, while he was there. So anyway, I'm, I'm super excited to, to study this and to dive in. It's going to be so great. So great. And I just want to end with this one sentence that just struck my heart that Philippians contributes to our understanding of Christian commitment and what it means to be Christ-like. And we all want to be more like Christ. And the book of Philippians is going to teach us how to do that, Lisa. So I am super excited to dive into this for the next few weeks.